Hello, creatives! You are listening to episode 5 of 99% Perspiration. It's a weekly podcast all about interviews and advice with today's creative professionals so that you can become tomorrow's. Each week we hear from a couple of different people who work in the creative or the artistic industries. So, this week on 99% Perspiration. It can be challenging, but it's it's a challenge that I'm willing to take on. It's, it's part of my business and it's, it's how it works, basically. If you don't do the kind of boring side of it, you're not getting to do all the fun side of it. That's Gemma McNair, who recently started Crafty Wee Cow. It's an awesome little arts and craft company based up in Glasgow, and I recommend you check it out, but you can hear more from her. There's always like creases to be ironed out, and nothing's ever finished. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I wish, I wish this was finished, whatever this may be. Learning to like deal with that is probably the biggest challenge at the moment, like just knowing that like there's not enough hours in the day. And things take a long time, especially music. And that's Joe Collins, who lives in Sunderland and has two jobs going alongside each other, one of them being uh, the co-owner of Homeside Coffee, an independent coffee store, and at the same time he's also one of a six-piece band called Lilliput. Thank you so much to Lilliput for sending in your music this week. It's great to showcase music artists on the podcast. And if you want your music sending in as well, please do send it into 99% podcast. That's spelt like the word rather than the symbol. So 99% podcast at gmail.com. And we love to feature artists on the show. To find out more about 99% Perspiration, you can head to our website, 99podcast.com where we post loads of extra content from the shows. And also, since last week, a really new exciting development has happened for us in that we are now available on iTunes. So if you head to the podcast section on iTunes and type in 99% Perspiration, there we are. <laughs> so you can, uh, you can listen to us there, you can subscribe to us if you like. Anyway, let's jump straight in. Gemma McNair, who lives in Glasgow, recently started her own artistic and craft business. I thoroughly recommend you check it out, but first let's hear more from Gem. My name is Gemma McNair and I am the owner of Crafty Wee Cow in Glasgow. I make handmade items from handmade and hand-cut paper cuttings, stitched embroidery and clay creations. I've always wanted to do something arty, um, but back when I was a teenager and like my head I was so naive and I thought, oh, what do I want to do? But it was a choice between vet nursing um, or something to do with kind of technical drawing or um, technical graphics. But I, I, I always loved my art at school. I always, I took higher degrees and stuff for starting. But it's more, it has been more of a hobby that started and it's just got out of hand. <laughs> um, but I love doing what I do and I'm, I can't believe I'm actually getting to this stage where I'm doing it as a as a career now. So it's it's just something something totally new to me. <laughs> I was actually made redundant last year um, from a job that I'd been in for 11 years odd, um, and it was in finance, which was all rather boring. But um, I'd always been crafty all my life, and I thought the choice of redundancy would be the kind of best way forward for me to to kind of go in my career. Um, so in school, obviously, I've always been arty, so it's, it's either been that or I was going to go into vet nursing, and which I did first. 
um, and then I came out with that and then used my redundancy to start up my business. So I've been going ever since. So I've got my first all coming up um, this Saturday, sorry, this Friday. Um, and hopefully that will take off from there. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous, but I'm, I'm actually probably more excited than I'm nervous. Um, I've done a couple of stalls before, which were really minor things. It was just like a, a kind of jewellery stall. I used to make jewellery as well. Um, and I went in and sold that. And that was great because it appealed to the kind of younger market as well. So there was loads of kind of traffic coming through. And that was great just to meet everybody. But this stall is the first one I've gone out as a proper business and that's a bit daunting but I'm just trying to get everything perfect and meticulous so that when people come to me they know that obviously I'm a business and I'm not just doing this as a hobby type of thing so but no I'm, I'm really excited about it to be honest I really am. Could you tell me more about what goes into say a, a particular piece of, of jewellery or artwork that you make? Um, A lot of time <laughs> um, because I things are handmade um, literally by myself it's not production so it's it's just myself sitting at a desk doing things so a lot of time and concentration and effort goes into making each piece individual um so I think it's hard to kind of put your finger on exactly what it is that makes a product product apart from the fact that it's made by someone personally for hand um, it, there's a lot of stuff involved in my products because I work in a, wide, a kind of wide range of different things using felt, clay, uh, paper, card, all that type of stuff. It can depend on each time like I'm doing a product what's actually involved in it, but it's it's all blood, sweat and tears, as they say. It nearly is true. <laughs> Where did the name uh, Crafty Wee Cow come from? Um, well, I wanted something it was going to do a wide range because I didn't want to just stick to one product and then think oh I could branch out on this and but my name only reflects the thing that I initially stayed on so I wanted something that would work with everything but we cow obviously I don't know if you know in Scotland it's a kind of term of language as well so it kind of the more I said it out loud and told people about it saying oh this is my business name what do you think the more positive responses I've been getting back so I've not actually had one person turn around and say they've kind of been offended by the name or anything like that. Everybody's come back with such positive feedback, saying it's such a catchy name, it stays in your head. And when it comes up on Facebook, you think, oh, what is that? Like, why would you call your company that type of thing? So it's <laughs> it's just, it just did come to me one day, I have to say. It wasn't something that I thought and thought and thought about. It did literally just come to me. So I was quite lucky that way. Surely uh, cow doesn't mean the same thing in Scotland as it does in England. <laughs> Um, in a way, it probably could, yeah. <laughs> um, in, a, in a way, it might very well do. It's taken so much of planning that um, the last time when I did my stall, like I said, it was just more of a hobby. Um, there wasn't things to plan. Like You didn't have to get your business card ready, um, all your items, you need to price everything up, all that kind of stuff. It was, there's a bit more organisation involved when it comes to a business stall, well, I personally think anyway, because you want to show that you're a business. So um, just... Everything from pricing up my items, taking new photos from my, my Facebook and my, my, my shop online um, so that people can refer back to them and see that it is a business, um, like details about myself and just like making sure payments are up to date. So everything kind of business um, entailed for the first kind of thought, I have to look at it as if it's my shop so that people are going to come up to my shop and possibly buy things. So I have to kind of 
take that mentality on as if it's a marketing thing. What would you say is uh, potentially one of the biggest challenges that you've come across so far? Competition. <laughs> um, not so much that the people do, because obviously my stuff's handmade, um, it is unique, so it is always going to be bespoke. However, there is people in the same kind of market who I do individual hand-cut paper cuttings as well. But there's, like, I know there's maybe five, six, seven people who are out there who are doing it professionally and it's just paper cutting. There's nothing else involved. Um, and they are very, very good at what they do. Um, but I, I couldn't just stick to one thing. So I had to go out and kind of branch out. But it's always good to know who your competition is so you can push yourself that wee bit further so you think, I can be better than so or that could be me. So um, it's just purely competition has been the hardest thing so far. That and I would say marketing to get out there because obviously I've been promoting it on Facebook and Folksy, all that kind of stuff. But I think marketing and the competition have been the hardest thing so far. Now, of course, we met, um, the reason we're getting in contact is through the Marketing Academy uh, podcast. Yeah. Uh, have you, right. Sorry, have you found that to be helpful for you? I have, yeah. I've, I've I'm on the marketing um, Facebook page every day, every day. And I'm, even if I'm sharing the same post over and over again or I'm sharing like a market weekend I'm in or involved in, I'm always trying to network. I think it's really important to network in the marketplace. Is, it's so big just now having even just like your Facebook people, like people you can talk to who are in a similar position as you, it, it kind of makes the process a lot easier. Um, but definitely that whole the group itself has just been fantastic there's just so many good ideas and like people helping out and like yourself as well obviously given this chance and I think it's such a great Facebook page to be honest amongst a couple of others that I do join as well Could you potentially uh, tell us about the other Facebook groups that you're part of as well if, yeah. if there might be any use for um, people Well I'm on I use the crafting that's a local, again, local marketing Facebook page, which um, you can, you're not supposed to sell your wares, but obviously you can show what's for sale. You can direct them to links. You share and you talk with other people who are in a similar position as you. Um, there's the crafting. I'm trying to think of the other one. <laughs> there's one called Positive Panties, um, which actually made me laugh. <laughs> so that one's a really good one. That's a new one that I just recently joined. Um, and again, it's all about networking and just getting to meet new people and get more likes on your page and getting people comments and just to kind of get your page out there and letting people see it. But um, that's that's the two main ones that I would use just now. And there's also a similar couple of hit your likes in the marketplace and handmade in the UK, which um, I've recently had my items listed on their blog as well. So that was quite helpful. Um, although I think the crafting, um, like yourselves and probably... I would say positive panties. They're the ones that are getting me out there the most and they seem to be the most interactive. I think it's wonderful that there's these uh, these groups out there to support people interested in art oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, is it just you in Crafty Week Hour? It is, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that must feed into competition as well. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> is it challenging doing all of that by yourself, all the marketing and all the making? Not no, it can be challenging, but it's it's a challenge that I'm willing to take on. It's it's part of my business, and it's it's how it works basically. If you don't do the kind of boring side of it, you're not going to do all the fun side of it. Um, it's 
it's hard when it is just myself and I'm trying to maybe get loads of stuff up ready for my shop and I'm trying to work to a deadline, which can be quite difficult. So I've seen myself working to three and four in the morning, getting back up at eight and starting work all over again, not going back to bed until three or four in the morning again. So it can be strenuous, but it's it's so worth it in the end. You've got your own business and you're working, doing what you love. So I really can't complain. <laughs> Have you grown a fair amount since you started? Oh, aha, uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's actually shocked me to think... God, I'm actually sat here now and I've got my stall and I've got my shop and it, it's frightening to know how much I've just come on and then I think, well, if this is how much I've come on just in the last, say, six months, what's happening with the next six months or what's happening with the next year? So there's always a kind of nervous but excited kind of stage that you go through um, and I think I'm at that stage now. <laughs> I think I'm at too early a stage to say, oh, just keep going, just keep going, but... I think you do. You just have to keep going. And if there's barriers, you just have to get by them because that's what makes your business is your hard work and determination. And just just enjoy it. Enjoy every minute of it. But I've been in the finance sector for nearly 12 years. So it's been a long time of my life. has been taken up by what would be classed or assumed as a nine-to-five kind of boring job. But every day, <laughs> I can't say every day, I sat and concentrated so much on finance when I had all these other ideas wasn't about my head and knowing that this is what I wanted to do and it, it's just it's come true basically um the finance like with me working in finance when I got made redundant I had the option of take on another job or do as you want like do as your own kind of thing and it was a really big decision to decide to start up my own business just like it would be for any business um but I think just the fact that I've had so much experience and so many years in the same job, I knew I wanted something new. I knew I wanted to try something different or put my expertise into practice. But anybody who's maybe in a similar position and maybe isn't sure who what they want to do, even if you try it as a hobby to begin with, and if you enjoy it, then you'll know if it's for you or not. Um, but I found it quite easy to move from one to the other, just purely down to the fact that I know I was ready to do so. So it wasn't as hard a decision for myself. But the fact that I had people there to support me and know what I want to do, and I spoke to all kind of financial advisors. I spoke to uh, Business Gateway as well. They were really, really helpful. Um, my local council, everywhere that I could speak to, any stalls that were on and around, I would be getting in touch with people. And like I say, just when you're online, it's constantly networking, constantly. How much of your time would you say you devote to to networking? I would say you would. I try to reply to any kind of new likes or anything or any messages straight away um, where I can. I don't like to leave things. I prefer to get things done and dusted. Um, I would always make time for at least an hour and a half, at least an hour and a half on just networking because I think it's so important. You don't even need to be good at art. <laughs> That's the thing. You can just... Yay, I'm okay You can wing it in a way. <laughs> um, you just need to have lots of determination and just motivation to keep going. And you get people who say, no, I don't like that because I've contacted numerous occasions, different shops, cafes, restaurants, galleries, and all of them come back and say, no, we can't get your product, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it can be a bit of a downer really it can so you just have to have the motivation to keep going no matter what and just keep putting your products out there don't try and 
cater for just the one taste if that's the case because not everybody's going to like that one taste and you're signaling out a lot of your customers so I think just determination and just keeping an open mind about things as well helps If people are interested in finding out more about Crafty Wee Cow how can they uh, Mm -hmm. find you? Well I'm on currently I'm on Facebook and that is just www.facebook.com forward slash Crafty Wee Cow Glasgow um, I'm also, I've also got an online Folksy shop, so I work through Folksy, similar to the American Etsy shop. Um, and my Folksy is, again, www.folksy forward slash shops forward slash Crafty Weekow. And you can check me out on Instagram as well, at Crafty Weekow. A huge thank you there to Gemma McNair from Crafty Weekow. It really was great to speak to someone who was so into their art, who was so enthusiastic about it. You should definitely check out her site. But um, as I mentioned there in one of the questions to Jen, we met through a Facebook group of the Marketing Academy podcast. And um, I really would recommend having a listen to this podcast. It's created by a guy called Chris Marr. It's really quite brilliant. Um, So each week he tells you about different things to do with uh, marketing online. He has interviews with people. There are case studies on there. And like, it's just really great. And they also have a Facebook page. So it's a great way for companies to share advice with each other. And I definitely recommend you check it out if you can. That's the Marketing Academy podcast. Hello, my name's Joe Collins. I am a, a partner in local business Homeside Coffee, and I'm also um, a member of the six-piece harmony rock band Lilliput. I don't know whether I want to do it for like life, and I don't know whether I'd want it to be my only job because that's really hard. Like, and that, I think that's the difference between like. A musical genius, for example, someone like Nina Simone, um, Leonard Cohen, or like Dylan, you know, like these iconic figures that you can just name off the top of your head. That's what I consider like a professional musician who probably can do it full time. But I think like when something become when something takes your undivided attention um, and the pressure's on, it's completely different. And I don't know whether I'll be any good at that. And I guess no one knows whether they'd be good that until they start to do it but you know like I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting that your music on the left and then your life on the right you know like that's that's probably like more to my taste and then not necessarily having a job um, in music maybe having like I work in a coffee shop selling coffee but that way like when I finish work I get to make music and when I stop making music you know I go back to work when you just make music all the time, it's completely different. Like it kind of sucks the fun out of it at times. Like especially when we've played um, in like function bands or for, for just like corporate events, you kind of feel less inclined to like write or to meet up with each other when you're just with each other all the time.
musically, like I've, I think we're in a really good place. Like writing songs that are just coming like really naturally and feeling like you're closer to being original than ever before. That is really, really like good. And it's really rewarding. And work-wise, like, I think we're in the, in the stage now where we've been going for like a while and we're trying to stay creative and stay productive. And that can be a little bit hard at times. So it's kind of like juggling everything becomes a bit of a problem. And obviously one's always going to be like um, more of a focus than another. And kind of recognising that as much as you can and going like make it a bit more balanced again. So work's good, Lilyfoot's good, life's good, but there's always like creases to be ironed out and nothing's ever finished. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I wish, I wish this was finished, whatever this may be. Learning to like deal with that is probably the biggest challenge at the moment, like just knowing that like there's not enough hours in the day and things take a long time. Especially music, I don't know if you know this, but you know, like songs that, are, that have been written and recorded and mixed and, you know, so on. Like they take months and months and months and months before you know it, it's like years. And likewise with like work, like running a shop, you end up like just constantly looking at the same four walls and going like, what are we doing? Like, are we, are we you know, doing enough, can we do more, what we need to change, you know, like, it's like, it's never, never ending sort of thing. And you have to be able to accept that, because at times you just like, get really hung up on things, but you need to be able to like, go home and be like, you know, like, tomorrow, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you need to be like, it'll get done tomorrow. Otherwise you won't sleep. <laughs> Because everything is online these days, you've got this battle between doing what you're doing and then showing everyone that you're doing something really well. So you kind of got, a, the promotion thing is just like, I don't know, it's, I think it's bigger than it's ever been. So you have to post constantly telling people what's happening and trying to keep them interested. So like with our coffee shop we're, or on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, near enough every day, we should be on it like every hour. Because you have to, the, the, the demand is there from everyone. Music, it's less the case, but like with, with uh, business, it's, it's hugely important. And I think the same complications arise because you get to this point where you might look great on, the, on paper and it might look like a really cool place to be. But when people come through the door, they need to still experience that. It doesn't stop like at Instagram or Facebook or wherever else, it kind of, you need to like take a step back and go, you know, uh, is the experience people get from us gonna be well, you know, representative of what we are like putting ourselves to be? Uh, give people things to sort of like be interested in. I think there's nothing worse than like going somewhere for a drink 
or uh, something to eat or somewhere that you've thought, oh, that looks great, I really want to go there. And then coming out feeling like that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And that does happen to a lot of people. You can't do anything about that. Like It will undoubtedly have happened every day that we've been open. But, you know, as long as you register that and as long as you go and, like, we can always be better, you know, that, that's when, like, you've got more chance of success. Never, like, never be happy to settle and never stand still because, like, then you're going backwards. That was a lesson that, uh, like, a friend of mine who has been in business for years kind of said to me about everything in life, but particularly business, he was like, if you're coasting, you're going backwards. You know, you've got no time to coast because you've always got to be moving forwards and looking for the next thing because there's someone else that will be. And uh, I think that's like what you always have to bear in mind. I think like in a city like Sunderland where um, there might not be, there aren't like music events every night, there aren't, there's no film clubs that happen once a, once a week for example, you know, like you can't just like walk out into the city centre and stumble across like like a, a pop-up art show or something um, every day. So the opportunities are there to sort of do these things and the demand, you know, albeit might be smaller, it's still there, like, in abundance, do you know what I mean? Um, and, like, in a musical respect, like, anyone can put their own gig on and hire a venue and be the promoter. Um, you just kind of need to be able to bring people for it to work. Um, so that's why it really works for bands, if you can, like, find a little venue and make it happen. The, the you know, the potential's massive. Likewise with art and likewise with uh, film and whatever else, but I think in the past Sunderland's never really had the ideal space for that. Um, now it's becoming more the case, if you know what I mean. And the more like good events that happen, the more likely better events are to happen. Um, I think in the past there's been maybe a lot of music happening or a lot of um, art happening. But it hasn't really come from anywhere other than the mainstream um, areas. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can go to see like a, a touring artist or a, um, a major art exhibition in Sunderland or in Newcastle or in, in Middlesbrough. But that's being funded by someone else, you know, or there's a big agency who are like taking the, the money, if you like. So the revenue kind of doesn't, isn't, isn't there. It's kind of like if you, if you use independent businesses more, it puts more money into your local economy. And the same applies, I guess, for like art and music. It's kind of like if, if you play for a local promoter instead of playing for a national promoter, the money stays in Sunderland and likewise becomes... Um, it's invested again, do you know what I mean? That promoter books another band and another band and that art collective put on another show with a different artist and you get this like sort of, it, everyone gets better. And I think like Sunderland's getting better all the time because it's being supported by 
the people from of Sunderland, do you know what I mean? Um, and there's no, like, if the demand's not there, it's just not there. And, like, no, you shouldn't get hung up on it. But it's good because the demand definitely is there. And this people know, people can see for themselves, like, oh, I know the guy who's, like, running the shop, and I know that he, you know what I mean, is just doing it off his own back, for example, or um, I know that band who were putting that gig on, they've done that themselves, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very, like, apparent to people who are coming, and that's why things turn into, like, a scene, because um, those people have, like, a vested interest in, in it happening. Do you know what I mean? They want it to happen, so they know that they need to keep supporting us and doing. You know, and in the in the end, everyone ends up being it. Do you know what I mean? It's weird because you'll go to one event that you're not running, but everyone who's there and yourself will be at the next event that you are running, and it's like it's good and it needs to happen. So hopefully, it doesn't stop. A big thank you to both of my interviewees today, to Gemma McNair from Crafty Week Out and to Joe Collins from Lilliput and Homeside Coffee. And especially a huge thank you to Joe for sending in his music from Lilliput. Um, We are all about showcasing the work of upcoming creative professionals. So if you want to send in your music to play in the show, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Please do email us at 99percentpodcast at gmail.com. That's all from this week's podcast. Until next time, stay productive, stay awesome.